There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Big Gym Show is sponsored by Maul and Brawl. Maul and Brawl is the best men's skin and beard care products on the market right now. Maybe. How do I know? Because it's mine. 100% owned by me, tried and tested by me. Whether you've been mauling in the office or brawling in your bed, Maul and Brawl is for you. We've got a shower gel, which is scented dark honey and tobacco. The moisturizer has a scent of ivory musk, and the beard oil will make your beard feel smooth and silky and smelling like whiskey. It comes in three packages, the Simple Man, which is the shower gel, the Modern Man, which is the shower gel and the moisturizer, or the caveman, which is the shower gel, moisturizer, and beard oil. To order, go to maulandbrawl.com and type in the code BIGGYM10 for 10% off. Maul and Brawl. For men, that maul. Big Jim is wearing his heels. Personally, I don't think we get much respect at all, to be honest. For some reason, we can take all the criticism, but the referees are to be left alone. Was it probably the right time and setting for Johnny to go whatever he did to Puppet? No, but, like, it happened. Like, let's get over it. As long as he's not showing up to his house with a baseball bat, like, what's the problem? I think a little bit of common sense has got to come into it, especially around the breakdown. If a guy's got his head over the ball, like, where can you clean out? Then when I first went in, I found the way we defend really hard to defend. And Faz would fucking give me a boxing most of the most of the days. The place would go ballistic. I I'd make it a an absolute priority to go to every pub in Ireland if I could. That's, that's how I'd spend my time off. On this episode, I'm joined by an Irish warrior. The legendary Mac Hansen. Is Scientology religion? Look at, us trying to, look at us starting the podcast by trying to work out what Scientology is. I think it's... I think they, yeah, they'd see it as a religion. Yeah, what is, is it? Yeah. Something about aliens and spaceships. And Let me just... I'll Siri it. Wait there. What is Scientology? A body of beliefs and related practices. Yeah, that's a religion. Yeah. And then the next thing comes up. Actor Danny Masterton used drugs and Scientology to get away. Didn't say what with. Yeah, that's Tom Cruise. I don't know how we got onto him. Oh, I, I, on that, you're a lot taller than I thought. Do, do you mind me saying? I'm, no, I'll take that. Yeah, well, what's your height? Lip, lifts. That's why. You've brought the lifts to yeah. London. Yeah. I, I knew you were very tall, so. Taller than what? What is your height? I'm going to go with 6'2". No. Yeah, I'd, I'd be pushing it. I'm happy at 6'2", because you are a lot taller than I thought. Are you genuinely 6'2"? I mean, you're not trying to... You no, know, I think... You don't, you I, don't need to fight for a contract now. No, you're doing all right. No, I think I'm pretty close. Just on the edge, maybe. Depends on my day when you catch me. If you if you measure me, it could be 6'1". But you're six over 6'2". 
Yeah. Definitely, 100%. Oh, 100%. Because way over. whenever anyone talks about Matt Hansen, they say, oh, small, small winger. I've said it a few times. I don't know why I have that perception that you are small. You're slight. But they always say, oh, you look at the smaller rugby players coming through land, the likes of Cheston Colby, like Matt Hansen. Like, you're in that mould of conversation. Right, right. But you're a lot taller than I thought. No, a good bit taller than Colby as well. Mm. From when I met him. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with being short. No, there isn't, no. But no. you are taller. So we've got Mac Hansen in the studio for people that are like, what's going on here? Irish, Australian, what do we say, import? Or the other way around? Um, Irish legend, I'm going to say it. We can get, get <laughs> on to Australia. Mate, it's great to have you over. So you've flown over from Connor. I've flown down from Edinburgh. And you're in London. And you've been here, how many times before did you say? Just, Just once. Just the once, yeah. Just once? Just once. I thought you Australian Irish people love... London, get here as much as possible. Or are you too far away over on the um, west coast? I just Ireland? haven't had too much too much time to do a lot of travel yet. To be honest, um, like whenever I've kind of done gone to do travel, uh, things have just come up, and not bad things. Just um, as I said, my first time it was actually last year before I got in my first Six Nations. I booked heaps of these concerts to go see, like Metallica, Foo Fighters. Um, I can't remember. There was a couple others, but couldn't go because I just didn't expect I was going to be in. So I just booked ready to go and then next thing I knew I was in so that like island and all that's taken up a lot of my time which is you know great like I'm not complaining at all but yeah I haven't I haven't done as much travel as I'd probably like at the moment was all the stuff with Ireland and how quickly it came about was that unexpected or did you have a dream or did you just take an opportunity here we've had Andy Friend on the rugby pod and we've heard about the story but maybe just go back over how you've ended up in the west coast of Ireland and carving up for Ireland on the biggest stage, getting man of the match a couple of weeks in a row. Like, how does all how does something like that come about from being in Australia? Yeah, so I kind of was. I just felt like I was in a bit of a standstill at the Brumbies. So I was at the Brumbies before. I'd been there for about four, yeah, four or five years, and just felt I was a little bit down on the pecking order. Really, um, didn't see much of it changing uh i wasn't really supposed to start throughout that year either and then not lucky enough but like a couple guys got a couple niggles here and there so i ended up getting pushed up a little bit and ended up starting a few games and um ended up playing some some all right footy um which got the attention of of um yeah friendy and next thing i knew i was talking to him and uh i think it was within like a week i was pretty much just like yeah let's go let's do it and then I kept playing, kept going on. Um, as I said, yeah, I finished the season well there. I actually felt came up, was coming over in in good stance. Maybe at the start, I was kind of feeling like I'll just go over there, see how it goes, and island for two years, and then who knows what's going to happen after that. But went over with you know good confidence that I could um, give it a crack. So that was obviously a big thing for me going over. Was I knew I had my Irish heritage, and um, I would have liked to have played eventually, uh, but I definitely thought it was going to be taken. Um, a lot more time. Like I was pretty, yeah, I was pretty shocked when I got the call from Andy Farrell. I kind of thought somebody was just <laughs> taking the piss out of me and, and called me up, but he's got a pretty distinct mm. accent. So yeah, that was it. And then I, before I knew it, I was in camp for their autumn series. I was in there for about a week and that was good. I got to know the lads probably more on my second time around when, when we went for the Six Nations, we went over to Portugal and believe it or not, I was kind of quiet starting off and then we had one night oh, where- no. Yeah, alcohol, jam. 
just brought out my my inner. I don't know what to say. Just brought just brought me out of my out of my shadow a little bit. They brought the Mac attack out. Yeah, yeah. Brought me out of my shadow a bit. Got a bit of confidence. Um, went a bit nutty that night, and from then on out, I've just gotten on with everyone really well. And they like what they saw. Yeah, yeah. I think some did. So I don't know. I don't know if everyone did, but no, it was. I, apparently, I can't really remember the night to be honest. But apparently, it was. I was on a certain level, so uh, yeah. From then on out, everybody, I, I felt a lot more comfortable, especially when they saw that side of me that they were didn't think I was a total dickhead, and everybody was laughing, having a good time. And from then on out, I've been really good mates with everybody in there, and it's been it made it so much easier to be fair, um, as it always does when you get a good piss up in. Mm. Um, everybody gets to know each other a bit more. Yeah, I'm enjoying my footy to be honest, and enjoying being over here. Yeah, it looks class. It really does. When you go into an island team like that a team really successful really high profile players and i say this having played for scotland with an english accent but when i look at the irish team always very irish yes they have a mix you've had cj stander in there before bundiaki uh, just to name a couple but they are very irish so how were you received when you initially came in the fact that andy farrell was the one that rang you or like immediately has credibility and respect i imagine but with some of the old guard was it a bit awkward at the start or was it look you you picked for a reason because they would have been looking around this is no disrespect to you like jack dempsey for example who's played australia 11 times comes into scotland they kind of know but you would have been completely unknown quantity amongst a lot of the players in there right yeah definitely i know um, you played for connor but i mean at a kind of wider level yeah. and i suppose to the the fans as well yeah no definitely um like you know connick's probably the smaller of all the well, we're the smaller of all the provinces as well so Going in, I don't know. I haven't really, I haven't really asked anyone what they kind of thought like, at first, really, or spoken too much on that. But when I went in, genuinely, everybody was was very welcoming. Um, they, we got a good few guys that have turned Irish, I guess you could say, now in the in the team. So, and I used to watch Jamo and uh, Lowy and stuff play over in in Super Rugby um, back home, so I knew of them. Um, it was it was easy enough, and all the all the guys that uh, from there, I guess, grew up there. No, we're all very welcoming. Uh, we're we're all kind of striving for the same thing, you know, to to be the best in the world. And um, as long as I was there to try and contribute to that, they were grand. Yeah, absolutely. We're all what you put out in the field is ultimately the leveler, isn't it? Is there anything you have to do when you get there? And I say that again, going back through the Scotland archives, players were made to stand up, and it was absolute tumbleweeds. Tell us why you want to play for Scotland. Like, tell us a bit of history on Scotland. Is there anything like that, or not? Are they quite open to the fact that times have moved on? It's professional sport, and if you put your head in all the places that you have, and that bloody scar on your head shows it, or the scars, uh, is that yeah. enough, or is there something that you have to stand up and be like, right, yes, I love Ireland. I can sing this song and drink this drink or do this thing. Is there anything? Yeah. So you got to get up. Um, you got to learn Irish and. You got to down a bottle. No, no, you don't have to do any of that stuff. Um, Faz always, when someone new come in, uh, comes in, gets them to talk about yourself, and it's pretty. You're like, oh Jesus, here we go. That that's about as bad as the hazing gets, really. In front of everyone. Yeah, he goes, so and so is in. Um, tell us a bit about yourself, and you're just like, I'm Mac. Um, I play for Connect. You're not selling it, mate. No, it's it's not great. Like you. You're nervous enough, especially when you mm, first course. go in. So, and he doesn't tell you; he just puts it puts it on the spot. So maybe I'm wrecking his trade secret here of making you feel awkward. But uh, we do that, and then once you make your first cap, 
you got to get up and sing in front of everybody um, after the game. You get um, they give you a lovely bottle of of Teeling whiskey as well mm. with um, your debut uh, date and your name on it and stuff like that. So lovely little touches, them aren't they? Yeah, oh, they're unreal. But yeah, the I was lucky enough. I only had to sing in front of just the squad and like the partners. But now that COVID's over, you're singing in front of the members, the the other team, your team, like everybody that's packed house. So that's that's quite nerve wracking, I'd say. Yeah. What was your go to? What was your opener? I sang Sweet Caroline, bit of a cop out, but like fan favourite. It's just easy, you yeah. Know? It is, it's yeah. Easy to get people singing along. You get some blokes that I don't know. I think if you can get one with a good chorus, you, you're going to get people singing. Yeah, so that's my kind of thought. Yeah, there are some great songs. I mean, our mine was awful. Mine was v- Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby. Yeah, see, that's a bit like. Not many people know the words, yeah. the full words, so it's yeah. that's going to be tough. A bit rough. It was a bit edgy. A bit too, yeah, I don't know. That mine was against Romania in 2006. Similar kind of thing from nowhere. And I could see that people weren't too happy about it. But you grow into the role and you earn your stripes, as it were. How? I mean, talking of earning your stripes, I'm talking you up here, and rightly so. The rise from, I know you've given us a quick snapshot on that, but through the Connacht ranks, but to international rugby on the highest stage with your scrum cap we can't really see your face and we should say as well for the listeners people watching this will see there's no moustache now we're seeing the full face I, I like the moustache yeah I'm, I'm going to bring I'm thinking bring back the handlebars I like mm. to kind of change it up so I obviously I had the chops for um for Ulster and, and the Stormers mm. I, find, I use facial hair as a real source of luck mm. so when the luck runs out I just start again um, but the handlebars did me well, and I like the look of them. I like the handlebars. Well, I've gone thicker on the moustache just for you today. I was thinking, looks, is he turning up with the moustache? And it looks thick, it too. It is thick. Yeah. It is thick. There'd it be like, stuff getting stuck in that all the I time. I know, exactly. But your rise, like, is it over? Have you had time to digest it now? You've had a few weeks off. I mean, I know it's a huge year, so it's not about sitting back. But, I mean, it's been pretty wild for you, right? Yeah, I've... Look, I'm very fortunate to be in the team I'm, I'm in. Like, if we're being honest, there's some guys in there that are some of the best in the world and, and they're playing unbelievable footy. Like we're all we all play well together as as much of a you know, I think that's just the cliche you're always gonna get. But it makes it just makes my my job so much easier. I just get to play footy and I'm letting the the generals of the of the team do the rest and I'm kinda just trying to pop up where where I can. So um I haven't thought about it too much yet. Like actually I had a little bit of a think about it when I got um some jerseys framed not too long ago. So I put New Zealand, South Africa, Australia together, and then I put all the Six Nations jerseys together. And I was kind of looking at them. And I was thinking, like, fuck me, I've played some, like, I've played pretty much everyone. Yeah, that, and, like, one, and one. Yeah, I've I got a good strike rate. I'm going to touch wood, um, but I'm not. I'm touching wood only for the South Africa game, not the Scotland <laughs> game. <laughs> um, Have you won all of them? Uh, I've lost one. Lost one to, to Fran- uh, France in France. Oh, of course, yeah. So, no, I, that was a bit of a moment where I kind of was like, oh, like, Jesus, like, what's going on here? I didn't think I'd get there ever. Mm. Um, so that's been, uh, yeah, seeing that and seeing them all there was, that was a bit of a, a good feeling for me, a bit of a touching feeling. So. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Do you miss home? Home being Australia. As in home, home. It's a long way. I always wonder when people come over, and I imagine playing at the highest level kind of masks maybe being home. I say that because the west coast of Ireland, as beautiful as it is, is pretty remote when it comes to the UK and Ireland of all the places that you can be. And Australia is a long, long way. Look, I miss more just the people. Like I miss my, my mates who grew up with, my family. I talk to them pretty much most days. That's it. Like it, when it comes to living over here and living in Ireland, I've actually like I genuinely have been loving it. it. hasn't been too hard of a hasn't been too hard of a switch for me to be honest. So no, I've taken to Galway and uh, Galway's taken me as well. So uh, I'm planning on being there for for the next while at least. And no, I'm enjoying it. I'm just going with the flow, and that's all you can really do, isn't it? Absolutely. I love Australia. We were talking about it just before, weren't we? Like what a yeah. country. I always find it really interesting because. If I don't know, the weather's brought into it, but a lot of people I've got mates who we went traveling with when we were younger that have never came back. There's three of them yeah. over there now. One of them was a tiler in Coventry right. on the roofs, an absolute blizzard. And now he's got a plumbing business just in Manly. I mean, look at the difference of lifestyle. Manly, hell of a spot. That's you, isn't it? That's me, yeah. Yeah. So I, there's a, you, you might know this apartment, but my best mate, Ravo, he's been here actually in that chair where you're sat. Um, he lived above a cafe, and a lot of people know it. I don't know why the when bell? I mentioned it. It's literally on the bend as you go around, and you can see out of the window. There's like a, it's like an outdoor swimming pool, but the sea. Kid you not, my auntie and uncle are in the same apartment. No joke. I'm telling you now. Anyone I speak to know, like from Manly, know someone or something that's been in around them apartments. So the funny thing about Manly, so my auntie and uncle used to live just to the side so if you go to the side that's you pay money to the church to own the to rent the land but you own the house but it's it's a bit of shambles but it ends up being a lot so they decided they had another place just to the side and if you go there you don't have to pay that land rent it's only for one certain side so they moved from there literally 20 meters across to the bottom of of that the apartment you're talking about wow it's hell of a spot i'm pretty sure It'd be the bow that you're talking about. And it's, yeah, the, the pool there, and it's got a lovely break, a little bit out, and, yeah, oh, it's hell of a spot. Great spot. His, his plumbing business, uh, business must be gone. No, that wasn't him who stayed there. He was, oh, he, was he was staying at the hostel down the road while he built his – he didn't know he was building a business there. But my best mate, Ravo, it was – he was playing for – hit me with some team. Like you've Manly got, Marlins? No, yes, the Marlins. Yeah, yeah. so my uncle – I'd say he'd probably – my uncle – be massively into Marlins. Mm. Um, so all my family played for them and he, my uncle's yeah, massive, uh, like goes there every weekend. He holds off holidays purely if in case Manly make finals and then he, he'll wait until they're knocked out and then he'll go on holidays and stuff like that. Like he's diehard. 
Loved it. Shout out to Brian Beer. Brian, Bubbles. 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 So yeah. his name is Brian Beer. Yep. Hell of a name. Not Bear. Beer. Beer. Nickname Bubbles. Bubbles. Yeah. Well, that's that's not made you'll, up. You'll have to no. You'll have to ask and see if yeah, he knows Bubbles. I will do. Hurricanes as well. Is that still there? The, the rib restaurant used to go in there and something. Maybe it's not. No. Don't know. Hurricanes. Hurricanes. Canes. No. I haven't been. No. Might but be. we, we had an amazing time. Like just as a country, we went up the east coast. Just the wildlife in Australia. I, like, I, I can't get my head around it. Oh, when there's you've, you've there's got, plenty going on. Plenty, plenty. Is there, is there anything in Connor or not? Is it you've got cats? Um, there won't, there, there won't be rats. There's think. rats around London, but I'm as in, to think. there's nothing. What are dogs? Yeah, but not they, wild they don't dogs. Really count, do they? Kangaroos, snakes. Nothing wild that I could think. The, you know what I found when I first came over? The pigeons here are massive. Yeah, vermin. They're huge. I, when I first came over, I was constantly taking photos of, yeah, of pigeons and sending them back home. Like, look at the fucking size of these things. Because ours are so much smaller. I don't know why. I don't know why that is. If they're just eating better, but well, I don't think they get to live past three weeks old in Australia. They probably get eaten by crocodiles, alligators, you, even you could the be spiders. Right, yeah. You might be right. You're taking pictures of pigeons and being like, "Look at this." I couldn't then... believe it. Really? Genuinely, they're huge. Yeah. Couldn't believe it. They're a lot more, a lot better behaved over here, though. Yeah. The ones back home are real, real rats of the yeah. of the sky. Short lifespan. What kind of animals and stuff? Well, you're from Cairns. Canberra. Right? Canberra. Yeah. Why am I saying Cairns? Canberra's you're obsessed with Cairns. Exactly. I don't, I've never been to Cairns. Where's uh, Matt Gitto from? Is he, he's Canberra. Yeah. I don't know, actually. I don't know. He's meant to be coaching my old club team. I played one season with Gitz at our, for our club. But he's been on holiday a shitload, so I don't know if he's... He's not giving back just yet, is he? I don't know the if intention's he there. Yeah. And he's he's always turning left. He likes to put on his story, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah. And you know what? Actually, without giving him too much much stick, I like it. Surely he's one of the best players to have ever played the game of rugby. Or is that just us looking at it? Is there, is there no, general I, consensus there? Like when he came to the... T- like everybody knows Makito in, in, in world rugby. Mm. No matter where you go... He's a big name. So when he came to do one season before he was going back to the Giltinis, everyone was just like starstruck. And the best thing about Gitz is he was one of the, I don't I don't think you'd mind me saying this. He was one of the best on our like silly Sunday. He rocked up, dressed as Harley Quinn, raring to go, and I think kicked on with a few of the lads all the way through and oh he was he was a hoot. Loose. Which is also known as he I mean, that's great. Like yeah. he's a the proper I don't know what rugby man means, but he is like a rugby... Oh, he just enjoys himself. He does. He just look like... If I look at careers in rugby, he's, he'd have to be up there with one of the best. Like, oh. he's, he's done it all. I think... I always... Yeah, he didn't win the World Cup, though, did he? Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry he gets... But he, he meant, yeah, but we've had him... About but he's won that. everything else. Yeah, yeah, he has. Everything but the, the main one, but... He, yeah, he's won everything. <laughs> I actually didn't mean to shoot him in the foot. Yeah, that's I was fine. trying to think. That's fine. Uh, but he's... Yeah, he's a legend... Legend everywhere he goes. But when you think about home in Australia, very, very different, right? What what are the biggest cultural differences apart from the obvious, which is the weather? Yeah, the wind rain. You know, besides that, it's it's pretty similar. The Irish and the Australians are, are very, very similar people. Love a good drink. And I think that everything else just kind of falls into that, doesn't it? <laughs> well, Andy Friend, who brought you over, there's a good, or I know he's leaving now, what a legend he is, big shout out to him. But there's been a, an Australian contingent that's run through Connaught for quite a while now. 
Yeah, and it, that was that was good for me coming over. The um, first lads I kind of got to know besides my housemates were um, John Porch, who's he's been unbelievable for Connacht last. I think well, how long has he been? There? I think he might be coming up to his fifth year now. Uh, Jared, who I was lucky enough to have one preseason with the Bruns before he came over, mm-hmm. uh, and then also Ben O'Donnell, who's like they're all just absolute legends. So it was it was nice. Not gonna lie, it was nice kind of having few familiar uh, familiar accents around the place. But yeah, everyone everyone that comes in is a good fellas in in their own. Uh, but we got a couple more, especially that are Irish qualified, sort of the same as me. Got a few good uh, Australians, Irish Australians coming into into Connacht at the moment. And what's it like at Connacht? Do you feel like you are that fourth team, and you've done really well this year? And some might say overperformed, but some of the rugby you've played is great. I don't. I don't expect to talk about the investment and stuff. But being in Connor, is it the underdog that you feel the whole time, or not? Do you feel like you're carving out your own story and path? Uh, a little bit of both. Like I personally, I don't think we get much respect at all. To be honest, teams might still see us as a bit of a as a gimme when you look at the, how we finish the season. It's just not true. Like we we're going away a lot more and winning as well compared to what we were doing previously, um, and then. Heading into that Ulster week, like we we really knew we could win that. We genuinely had belief, and I think that's that's what got us over the line. The 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 fight in us, kind of to to know we can do it and prove people wrong. Um, and we had it for the same in the storm as it was just a couple th- like three minutes to go. We we're down by six points, and I, I think we had a, a huddle. Good few of us were like, "Fuck, like lads, we can win this." I'm, like we're well in this. It was just a couple of things didn't go our way and the score ended up blowing out, which is a bit unfortunate. But, you know, we could be playing Munster at a Thumb Park uh, final, which is it's tough to take. But um, it is what it is. It was a good season, but you know, it wasn't good enough. Like we're, we want to we wanna go better again next year. Yeah, that Ulster game was crazy. And I know Ulster, it felt like they didn't really turn up in that first half, but you lads were on physically. Meant you could just see just the bit between the teeth and we'll get on to the Champions Cup final in a minute but you just know when teams are on right and you lads are on yeah we find you know I've beaten Ulster twice now lost to them twice and I can tell a massive difference like when we're being physical with them and when we're not like if we're not they're running all over us they're playing exactly how they want to and that game we we just put our foot forward and we're like we if we want to win this game we got to we got to nut up here like they have Vermeulen's going to be running at us all day they got big uh, five, they got, you know, tough jacklers in McCann and McCain and um, McTimony and stuff like that. So we knew that they, they were going to be coming at us. But, yeah, we, as I said, we were ready for it and knew we could do it. Mm. I keep looking at that scar on your head. Well, you've got a three or four. Like, yeah. That's a, that's a biggie. And that's, you got that. That's my only rugby one, that one and that one. What's, what's These, the other ones? This one. So this one I was – going on a bike when I was young and I was only used to back pedals, you know, remember them? Yeah. yeah. Hit it on the back like that. Um, my mate had handlebar once, so I'm going down a hill and I'm just spinning backwards trying to trying to break and I just went head first into a fence, gushing blood for a bit there. And then this one, my, this one's actually a good story. My cousin threw a pill at me. This was when I was real young and I kind of was, hit me in the head and I turned around and smacked my head on a corner. My cousin's used to, prank call my mum all the time and say, oh, Max hurt or Max sick and they'd rush home and nothing would be wrong. So they called him and said, Max just split his head open. you got to get him. Like, I was 
yeah, real young at the time. And they're like, oh, yeah, 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 we'll, we'll come get him. Uh, and I think they come home about an hour, an hour and a half later, and I'm they're holding my head together. I'm just covered in blood and rush me on the hospital there, so... So you used the boy to, who cried wolf. Yeah. So you well, that one there, thing. the big one against all. So how many stitches is that? I think it ended up being about like seventeen or or so. Seventeen straight on the forehead. Because uh, yeah. you went you went off. You hit your head with John Porch making yep. a double tackle. Yeah. Tough. Scrum head. cap on. Scrum scrum cap on and all. Yeah. And then off. No scrum cap. Taped up. Did you get it? You went off for stitches. Yeah. So you didn't stay on. Tape it up and then go off because you went off for a HIA right. Uh, yeah, so had to do all the stitches and the HIA within 17 minutes. Oh, really? So our doc was just loading them up. He was fucking good with his hands. Um, I had a dirty joke there I was going to say, but I won't say oh, it. You can, if you want. I was going to say, he's he's got a lucky wife. Um, <laughs> he's good as he with his hands. Very good. Very good. And then, yeah, we I think I made it back with like 30 seconds to go or something. So on that HIA, so you go off, I mean, 17 stitches or 10, how many was it? 17. We'll round it up to 20. So, yeah, uh, 25. 30, yeah, 30. 30 stitches. I mean, it's a big cut. So, just for the listeners, it's quite interesting, actually. So, you go off with that. You need to get that tended to. Naturally, you're going to have a HIA HIA because you've had a head collision. Yep. What's that process then? So, you're lying on the bed getting stitched, anesthetic or, or not? No, no. Nah, nah. I actually had to hold the other doctor's hand because I hate needles. Mm. I'm, I'm all right with the stitches, but. It's the feeling of that needle going in. I, Once can't, in. I can't deal with that. Mm. I just had to uh, hold on, squealing like a girl. But after that, I was grand. Was yeah. Fine. And then what, what's what's the process of HIA now? They read out words to you, uh, like a certain amount of words, like 10 words or something. And you got to get as many as you can. And then they'll also read out numbers and in an order. And you got to tell them that number in the opposite order. Oh. So it's hard enough, like even when you're not playing a game of rugby. Mm. And then the, the the one that I just said to him, like, I'm bad at this to begin with. you got to say all the months backwards. Oh. I was like, I don't even know I'm forwards. <laughs> I, so I think he kind of was like, okay, like, because I fucked up the first one. I couldn't. I was like, January? It was February. Like, I literally was stuck. Um, the other ones I was grand with, and he was happy enough to, yeah, say, yeah, you're fine. Leinster, yeah. my word. Uh, it, when you watched that, what was your first thoughts on the game as a whole? You're looking at that. What the, are you thinking? Yeah, the first first 10 minutes, I was thinking, I may as well just turn this off, if I'm being honest. Um, the start they had, uh, they executed everything just to perfection, really, didn't they? Like, it was genuinely the perfect start. Like, nothing was going wrong and everything was just happening for them. 17 points up in a Champions Cup game. I was like, it's pretty much done. Against the champions. Yeah. Um, Regardless. The, the crowd roaring as well. Uh, being in Dublin, I thought they were going to be very hard to beat. And look, they were. They they still, like, they fought the whole way through. Um, but, like, that, that La Rochelle team is something else. Um, you know, I'm, ver- I'm very happy for my mate, uh, Alty, who's in there, won the Champions Cup. So Alty. Alton Delan. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's in there. Um Having the time of his life at the mm, moment. I bet he is. But yeah, I was I was still still got it for all all the guys that I I know at Leinster. Um, I think that would have meant a fair bit to him. It'd be quite tough to take. What does Delan say about La Rochelle? Does he give you any, any insight into the environment? I talked to him a couple of times. Like he's he's absolutely loving it. He can speak French as well. 
So he's he's sorted. Like he he's just gone over there and gets on with all the Admin. the imports and and then he can get on with with all the French players and have the chats for them as well. Which is so important. Like it really is. Oh, I, I know it's stating the obvious. Yeah. I played in France at Montpellier for a year, and it was hell from yeah. that point of view. Just the distance of communication and oh, culture. Like I find Paris and London are quite similar, but I much prefer London purely because, well, it's not in French. Mm. So I found when I was over in Paris asking for people for directions and I'm, like putting on a French accent, but like just in speaking English. English. <laughs> uh, I need to uh, go to the train. And it seems to work. They seem to understand yeah. it. They put you in the right direction. Yeah. So, yeah, no, he's he's absolutely loving it over there. And it's it's not tough when you're in a team like that, is it? Having oh. And having Rog as your coach, is, that's got to be pretty special. To Does him. he say anything about Rog? I haven't talked too much about him, uh, talked to him too much about it, to be honest. So with Leinster, and you're watching that, and a lot of your Irish teammates, and there's a load, of, it's so easy, isn't it, judging the team. You know, once in 10 years, is it? 11 years, Leinster, that they've won the Champions Cup, yet they've been arguably one of the best teams yeah. overall seasons for the last few years. Unplayable, I, I've yeah. mentioned about them. But how big a setback is that for Ireland? Would you say Leinster losing that? As I said, like, I think they're going to be pretty devastated, um, as anybody would. Like, it was it was theirs for the taking. Um, but I go back to last year, we when they lost again, you know, they lost there. And they all, like, we went over to New Zealand and, you know, they could have easily put their heads down, um, moped around a bit, but none of, the, none of them did at all. Like, we bounced back and we won our first tour in New Zealand ever. Got our first win there. So, for me, looking at it, um, if anything, it's a bit of a, a good look, a good luck voodoo for for Ireland isn't it like I think they'll do the exact same I think they're going to bounce back then they're going to be hungry for the, for this World Cup so I have to wait and see how they how they come back but I yeah think it fun. focuses the mind doesn't it I, I suppose there's an element of they're going to be a level of pissed off yeah right and it's not been all glory lost the URC Munster flying the flag this week big shout out to them yeah but it does doesn't it it's one of them that Ireland I say Ireland Leinster aren't this unplayable unstoppable force and a large part of that is Ireland and the momentum that you lads have gathered over the last few years that win down in New Zealand with that series win in New Zealand winning the Six Nations being the number one team in the world the humblers is not a bad thing yeah as I, I reckon if anything it's just going to make them hungrier and being on the outside of it it's probably a good thing for us that they're going to come in raring to go and they're going to they're going to want to make up for that for sure and the next thing to do it in is a World Cup. So um, what better time to show that, you know, you're ready and you, you can win these big games, which we've, we've shown we can do in the last two years or so as well. And there's loads of drama in that game as well. I don't expect you to talk too much about it, but I quite enjoy the drama. The stuff at halftime with Shawnee O'Brien manning the door as Ronan O'Gara wants to try and chat to Yako Piper about a few instances. I don't know what's happened with Johnny Sexton whether we can condone it or not, but where's his heart on his sleeve, his emotion? Yeah, he shouldn't be barking at Yako Piper. He shouldn't be doing that. We don't know what's happened, but emotionally charged, like these are the, the best players in the world, like the, on the biggest stage. Bit of drama, why not? Yeah, look, it just I think it just shows how much it means to like the guys. Yeah, it's... Uh, look, I think it's a bit tough now, as you've seen with Jack Knoll... Um, Getting getting done for his fine on like a come on like a harm, harmless comment really in the scheme of things um for some reason we can take all the criticism but 
the referees are to be left alone. Was it probably the right time and setting for Johnny to go whatever he did to Puppet? No, but like it happened. Like let's get over it. It's as you said, it's a bit of footy, it's a bit of passion. As long as he's not showing up to his house with a baseball bat, like what's the problem? Mm-hmm. Like, How hard is it as players to manage that? Because like now there are these things around the slight contact with the head. And it's human instinct. People are like, oh, how are they dying? I can see why players would milk it. Let's say milk the penalty or call out to the ref. And do it. We're talking about the highest level of sport. You see it across every sport, yeah. everywhere and anywhere. Every single sport, the highest level, them small margins. The referee has the keys to the 50-50s with the whistle on yeah. them small margins. So you can see why. But how hard is it as players when there is all this going on? You know, you've got the TMO... There's these millimetres of contact height, the head stuff that's going yeah. on. Well, like, like for me, when I'm looking at at games a lot now, I just wish like, like I think a little bit of common sense has got to come into it, especially around the breakdown. If a guy's got his head over the ball, like where can you clean out? You know what I mean? Like it's 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 just going to be a penalty straight to them because at the moment it just seems like the um, the jackal is just like. If you're in the right position, like there's no way of getting him off mm-hmm. in a in a legal way, and I just don't think it is an is an illegal act if you like he comes steaming in. As it said, like the 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 reverse penalty there, where do you want Mike to hit him? Mm-hmm. If he's if he's got his head down in that position, he he know like everybody knows the risks when you go over the ball like that. Um, I don't know what else he could have done. Like yeah. he hits him in the back, oh, it's going to stay on the ball there, and he's going to win the penalty. And you're coming in from distance. I think the one is with Mike Alalatoa was he had his arm tucked, but I'm saying this as in cleared many a breakdown with my arm tucked and you look at yeah. a lot of the clean It's an efficient way. It's an efficient way and it's a, a safety mechanism for players because having your arm out in that position, do you, you think you're very at risk of dislocating your shoulder? And Do you reckon if he had his arm there and he hits him in the same spot though, do you reckon they would have been like, that's fine? That's what I mean. Like, I feel like that is happening a lot where, and it, like with the referees, like, I'm not trying to be harsh on them at all. Like, I understand they're human and like everybody in the in the scheme of the law, it wasn't a mistake. Like, everyone I thought it wasn't right, wasn't on. Like, but everybody does make mistakes and stuff. So I, I completely get that. But I'm just wondering, like, surely there's a lot of times where like a bit of common sense and like a bit of knowing how footy's played that, you know, you got to have a little bit of lean way. Like, we, we talked about the Freddie Stewart one just before how, um, like, I was delighted with that, obviously. Mm. I was happy to see him go. But two blokes sprinting into a ball, it's just like it was just an unlucky collision. Are you second-guessing yourself sometimes or not? I know I'm, I don't want to open you up here because you are on the cusp of a, a World Cup, so I don't want you to give anything away apart from just how difficult it is in their moments as players, like, Whereas before you'd never pull out of anything, right? It's a, it's a hundred, you have to be a hundred percent committed. You've got to be brave. There must be moments though in them small. Like how do you even train for stuff like that? Where, like you said, the Freddie Stewart one's a perfect example. Who was he up against? Hugo. Oh yeah, Hugo Keenan. So you've got two of the best fifteens in the world yep. under the high ball going for it. You've got to be a hundred percent committed. I know that that wasn't a high ball; it was an adjustment last minute. But as like how difficult is that to train for, or can you not? Are you just and, and this I suppose comes back to the point that you made around referees needing to have empathy of players in that moment because you can't be thinking right. I need to pull out here uh, yeah. with 0.3 seconds time to adjust. Like I, 
a little bit more as well. I have been like, I'm happy that if you want to, they want to keep with that rule, like a yellow card's the perfect thing for it compared to a red card. Um, in those sort of instances where it's an accident, that's where you can be like, you know, okay, that was, he's obviously not done that intentionally compared to somebody sprinting in. Throwing it up to Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's, okay, that's a red card. I feel like there's, there is a little bit of a difference there. I think everyone can see that. I think that that is the way that we need to go. Like they're talking about, well, they're, they're using it for the under 20s, the TMO bunker, where you almost take away the decision. Because I've seen footage of Yako Piper after the game, having given the red card to Freddie Stewart and some might say cost England the game and not gifted Ireland the grand slam. I think you would have won it. I think it would have won yeah, it yeah, anyway. Yeah. But that big, big decision, which is going to potentially be at the World Cup, an outcome of a game, the tournament, a quarterfinal, semi-final. We were talking about the quarterfinal where Scotland got robbed by <laughs> Australia in 2015. But these big decisions, we need to get to a point now when you look at the commercial opportunity, whatever that means, I know what it means, but people know what I mean, as in the, the money involved with where the game is, the size of the prize in France. No one wants a 50-50. No. On, on, on that by a referee who's in the middle of it you think Scotland play France in the quarterfinal let's hope I don't know what that where that leaves on leaves you playing the All Blacks but Scotland play France and a decision's made and the pressure on the referee to make the decision the whistling the screaming the hysteria you're in the host country of France the yep. second favourites to win it they need to take it, I think, it's sternly away. And this isn't me hiding, but like I just think from a referee's point of view, having seen Jakob Piper, how upset he was after the game, if you take it away, even out of the stadium, use technology, all these things that we're talking about, yep. you have time and you'd be like, well, look, this it's not me who's given the red card. It's yep. a decision that's been made with no emotion. Yeah. Look, I don't envy him at all. Mm. Like it's Either way, no matter what, it's going to be a tough call. It's going to be tough decisions. They're put in tough positions but I think I think it is a good idea to kind of be able to have a, have a good look at it and make the right decision but also hopefully it doesn't really like slow the game down as well like hopefully we can go through it and just go with your gut and just go no like it, that was obviously not a intentional thing just give it to this reduce it yeah as long as it doesn't really slow the game down I think it'd be good I think as players as fans and working in the media if I from what I've seen 90% of them, if they're yellow cards, you'd be like, you you, you wouldn't argue, there wouldn't be the, the debate. You yep. might even reference it and say, oh, it should have been a red, and how many times have yep. we done that, looking at the framework and stuff. But majority of the time, everyone's just like, well, it's a yellow card, could have been a red, but no one moans about that. It's the other way around where it's a red and you're like, man, yep. that's a 50-50. A lot of the calls that they're making, I guess, in the rule book, like what the rule book is now, it is a red. Mm. But I just think that we should be like tweaking the rules a little bit. Yeah. I think that actually make the refs' decisions so much easier, as well. Because I feel like at the moment they're put under shitload of pressure where they're like, "Oh, f- like that was contact to the head. Like, am I going to get my ear chewed off here because I've given them a yellow from people above?" Or like, if you if you kind of yeah, as as we've been talking, if you make it a little bit more obvious that okay, if it's incidental. Don't be afraid to give it a yellow and, and play on from there. What's the hardest bit as players? You're out in the wing and you've got your head in the breakdowns. You do a bit of everything. But I'm one of those guys that just chucks it over looking for a penalty, so it's mm. great, you know. Easy. I'm the, yeah, I'm on the other side. Do you feel vulnerable in there when you 
Jack, Jacqueline for the ball. It's some nasty. It's a topical thing. Something that we again we're chatting about on the rugby pod. Not to get rid of the jackal. I love it, but there could be argument for it. But that's a place in which you operate. Yeah, I um like that was a thing that I really worked on in in camp working on my wide breakdown kind of stuff. The the only thing I don't like about the breakdown would be the crock roll. I think that's kind of like mm-hmm. you're asking for a bit of trouble there with with people's knees and stuff like that. But there was a couple times, even in the England game, where I put my head over and they've smashed me and like hit me on the head. But as, as like another thing, you know, maybe some people can tend to milk a little bit. Like I'm happy with that because I'm, as I said, like I've got my head over the ball there. If you don't do that, I'm going to win a penalty. If you hit me in my upper back, like nothing's really going to happen. You might hurt my back a bit, but it's not going to change my position. So I think if players, like if we can stop doing that a little bit as well, probably help the game. But yeah, it's, I think if, yeah, someone coming in full full pelt to, to get you off the ball, that's their job. It's a, it's a really interesting thing to talk about because just to go into a bit more detail about it, if you're jackling over the ball, the only way you think about the mechanism of the human body, as in where you, you need to try and find levers, and the lever is the neck, isn't it? That is the one where you, you're off yeah. balancing people, you, yeah. you're pulling people, right. that's where the crop roll comes. You're, you're looking for like people coming in, I think they tell you to, like you're looking for their shoulder, their back leg, but like look at me, I've got no, mm. I've got no shoulders. Like you, Johnny's another one that has no shoulders. He's a snake. I honestly went to put my arm around him once and it slipped off. Why has he got no shoulders? I don't know. That happens with age though, because I haven't got any shoulders now. Yeah, either. I wonder if he had shoulders before. But yeah, I don't know. It's I'm no breakdown guru by any like. Oh, any you means. are. I'm, I'm not. But you're in there. But the thing, like when I'm looking to get on the ball, I'm looking to put my head over the ball. Like you know what I mean. Because that's the strongest position for me. So what do you expect anyone to do if I've put it there? When you're in training, what are the coaches saying? So if you're the number one team in the world, when you're working on these clear outs, when you're working on the tackling, what what are the what's the terminology being used? I won't give away too many secrets. No, I don't. Or not. Yeah, but, don't. Um, <laughs> no, look, it's just like we just talk about being aggressive at the breakdown. Like, that's, what, that's what it is. So that's why it's a bit hard to kind of understand why you're getting penalised for doing what we're getting taught, you know, and it, we're not getting taught in legal ways. It's like we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, it's when it just seems to, like, you get in trouble for it and you're like, like, well, like what else could I have done? That's yeah. when it's really frustrating. Yeah, it's really it's a hard question for you to answer. I, I completely get that. I don't know if you watch State of Origin much. Oh, my word. Be careful where you're going with this, Matt. So I'll bring back the beer first of all. Mm. That's great crack. Um, That's that- wild. The State of Origin is absolutely... Wild. The state of origin that's just been played was one of the wild. So I'm, I'm a massive, massive uh, Blues fan. I'll start streaming it when they're playing and whatnot. Anyway, stay up late to watch that. Or get up early. Sorry, no, stay up. Well, it depends. Yeah, on yeah. If you've been yeah. out, yeah, it's just all rolls into one. <laughs> yeah, but every whenever the state of origin comes around, you find that they lessen off the rules. Like, so if somebody's throwing hands, you just get sent off with a yellow. Like it goes back to how it used to be, and. Like it, it's no different. To, you know what I mean? It's no different at all to, to any other game. But for some reason, it gets to that spot, and then they're just like, "Lads, go hell for leather." You won't get sent off. Pretty much, that's what it looks like. It looks like you know you're not going to get sent off in that game, but it also looks like a little bit safer. In league, there was a couple. Look, there was a couple like head knocks in. I think it might have been game three, but that was like just bad tackle technique they got their head in the wrong places and hit a knee or something like that i didn't really see too many head highs that game or anything like because they're probably not worried about it mm. so they're just out there playing 
like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's a thing or if that's what they're thinking, that's what they're feeling. Right. It just looks yeah. like they got a bit less carefree for that. Therefore, they're not thinking about it. Therefore, it's just not happening because yeah. you're not focused completely on that. Because if you're like, okay, don't hit him high, don't hit him high, like all you're thinking about, you're probably going to hit him high. Mm. Seen a little bit of the NRL. I like what they do from media, entertainment, the growth of the sport that they've got there. But the state of origin is just. Yeah. Have you ever seen the Maddie John show? I actually listened to his podcast. So he's got his own show. Mm. Um, it's hilarious. Like it's, I used to grow up, they had, it was called The Footy Show. Mm. Um, and it was very, it's just four lads just having fun talk. Like I don't feel like Union Connor has that. Like the Maddie John show is the exact same. It's four of his best mates. They just get on there, they talk shit, they do skits, they talk a little bit of rugby league, but it's mostly just having fun with rugby league players and, it's great. It's unreal. He's, like he's loose, we, isn't he? Yeah, we need that. He's pretty. Um, loose. He's got a checkered history, hasn't he? I think he's quite loose. Yeah. Yeah. He. Uh, have you ever seen the video of him and his brother after they won the grand final? No. Oh, it's, you got to do that. What is it? Just give a snapshot. We'll overlay it. The for some reason the the news thought it'd be a great idea to, and it was actually they they interviewed him at about five in the morning, <laughs> and they've just been on the piss the whole time. <laughs> That's with a quote better than Lego came from, like really exploded because he just runs out of things to say and he just starts going it's better than lego better than lego joey's got no shirt on just running around the back um it's a great clip with the all this content stuff is it how old are you Matt? 25 25 yeah brilliant age great age enjoy it because it's going to go so quick (laughs) it's a brilliant age so it's a good age it's better than 24 24 23 i like 22 because it's 2 2 Mm. But those other ones, no, like twenty firsts or anything really happened for you anymore. Anything in your twenties is good. I'm telling you. Yeah. Thirties, you start to stiffen up a little bit. Do you? And then forties, you're just like, right, well, we're on the decline. Yeah, we're on the decline. Literally on the decline. The head, <laughs> the head starts to come forward. The hair starts to fall out into the hands. You're doing dementia courses. Of course. Yeah. So yeah. you're doing stuff. Everything is about self-development again so you're almost like going back to school on everything in terms of the you're way just seeing how long you're going to live for i know yeah it's you're counting down the days it's actually quite sad but they the, the way they package it is that 40 and 50 is like the new 20 but that's a lie like it's not like my life doesn't feel anything like it did when i was 20 <laughs> or even 30 so we're packaging it the wrong way but we stay positive and it's all about self-development do you reckon you'd still want to be living a 20 year old's life no you? I'd like to feel that way though. Right. Okay. And be running out in big stadiums and I'd do it all again in a slightly different way. Right. I wouldn't just, I wouldn't have my head down and music and fucking hell. I'd try and enjoy yeah. the occasions more Yeah. and yeah. build up a, an organic social media following. I'll be, be big on social, creative. So I'd use the both, yeah. both of them to have it all again. But on the creative and social stuff, I don't know how much you can share of the Netflix, and I say this because I know a little bit about the insight of the Netflix documentary and that you were quite open to it, Finley Beelham. Some of the younger players were, and this isn't just the Ireland squad, the fact that Johnny Sexton, Peter Romani, the older guard, England the same, Wales the same, Scotland quite young and progressive now. They, They see the need to be able to grow. But you get that space. You do feel that as players that you need to be operating in that space to grow the game. And people hate the word "grow the game" or the phrase "grow the game." I'm saying it again. I thought it when it first came in. I thought it was a good idea. Not everybody was on board. I think once like we see 
the footage and once we see the documentary, mm. I feel like if they don't fuck it up, like in the way that they, like if they present it well, I think then blokes and teams would open themselves up more for the next one. You know what I mean? Because it, it's the first thing. You don't really know what they're filming. You don't know what they're going to put in there because they kind of, like we tell them, yeah, you can come in for it, but, you know, they're still filming and stuff a lot of the time. So if it comes out and we 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 look good in it and like well, you won't look does, good, you, you won the Six Nations, yeah. the Grand yeah, Slam. No, but like if you know what I mean, if it, I think it kind of depends if if it if we look at it and you go, oh, okay, actually, it came out well. They weren't like out to get you, which they're probably not. But like it's a little bit hard to trust people that like they just have you on camera doing whatever. Yeah, that once once we kind of see that you know it's harmless enough and it is going to be good for the game, then they might get into a few more team meetings. They might see a little bit more of like thing we, you know, that we do as, as teams to kind of bring, uh, bring a bit of crack and have a bit of fun. Um, I think maybe it was like a little bit, a little bit closed off more the first one. Yeah, I can understand why. And it came around quite quickly as well. It got sprung upon the teams. I think that's what people didn't like is it was like, all right, this is what it is and we're doing it. It was no. Um, True and up approach. That's rugby. That's yeah, nice. but as I said, I didn't mind. I thought I don't know. I don't know if I'm featuring in it too much, to be honest. But like, um, but like, like Finley was the conic guy that they're kind of following around. Who Finley's a good character, but I, I was all for it. It's like, how bad could it really be? Yeah, well, I think there's a big part of it. We need to get into the characters, like your interview where you swore after the game. Did you say? Oh fuck! Did you say it twice? Or just no, once. Like, no, okay. Oh so, fuck! And then it went pardon, pardon, yeah, pardon, 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 pardon. All that stuff, like the authenticity, yeah, and the irony that it is an Australian Irish. I'm, I'm not going to say Australian, Australian Irishman that has given yourself to that. Yeah. Like, that's part of what we need to do. Not swearing, and everyone's like, oh, I'm so sorry about the swearing. Man, we're in 2023. Yeah, like there is people saying the f bomb on camera. People are going to fucking swear. Oh my! This is the thing. People like if you think swearing compared to what is going on now <laughs> that you have to apologise for. It's well, that's TV. That's yeah. Showbiz. Like I, you know, I made what I thought was a harmless comment about everybody hates the English. Remember that? Yes. And obviously, like because growing though. up, <laughs> well, growing up in Australia, I, you know, we're against you guys in the Ashes. Like that's a big thing. Uh, Where's you guys? I'm Scottish. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I'm in London, just like yeah, here. I'm talking to everybody. So we got the Ashes there, and whenever they'd come over to Australia, um, they'd normally beat us. Like, you grow up not liking them. Like, that's just how it was. Not that I'm saying every English person is a shit person. Like, it's it was more of a, as I said, a light hard to comment, but it was kind of run with a little bit. That was the first time that I kind of experienced the media can really run with things. But that's great, because that adds another layer of well, dry. So if you can own that, and you know what you meant... I got asked the question at a, we had our ball the other night and got asked the question on a little bit, um, and I just said like I haven't got I even got a little bit of hate mail. I was saying Ooh, I was like who the, I was like who the fuck sends mail anymore? Like, what do you mean mail? Genuine That's an email. No 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 a letter. Oh gosh this is old with school. a newspaper article in, like somebody's taking the time to cut it out perfectly. That's the one old. If you're listening, um, fuck you. I don't care. And you're old. Yeah. If it was you and you know who it is, so. I said what I said. I didn't mean it in a malicious way, so therefore, like, I wouldn't take it back. Like, it was, it was just a little comment that, unfortunately, went the the other direction that I wanted it to. But I think anybody that actually knows me would knew that, like, just me having a bit of fun. That I'm not gonna change how the way I am. Like, if I start being, as I said, if I start being malicious, then yeah, I understand. Like, you can 
you can be upset about that, but if something's said in like a little silly way, surely you can get over it. Like, oh, not nowadays. No, not nowadays. Tongue in cheek. And that was with Eddie Jones. Like how? Well, I think it's great for Australia that he's gone back because of the profile that he brings and the drama. But when he coached England, and you saw the clips of him being in Australia and the <laughs> the crowds are calling him out. Fucking Judas. I'd say the, the bloke that called him a, a traitor a is trader. feeling pretty pretty awkward at the moment. Yeah. I wonder how he'd be feeling actually. Having the having the Messiah. Oh, he'd back. be one of the, the snowflakes that's like is his best mate now. He's he was a right oh, yeah, right man for the him. job. That's why he called, he just wanted him back. Yeah. He's Makes got sense. him back. Is it good to see him back from a like uh, Australian it, homeland? What what's the reception been like from from home? I think it's been great. Um from what I've heard, like I, I didn't know Rennie much. I only met Rennie once, and he seemed like he seemed like a nice guy and everything. Um, he was just in a tough position, really, wasn't he? And I think any other, if like it wasn't Eddie, I, I'd say he'd still be there. I think it was just unlucky that Eddie was up for grabs. What do you think Eddie brings to the Australia team? Mind games, it seems to be top of the list. But I wonder if he's still. Yeah, I wonder if he's still doing them. I all. think he is. I think I think I've heard some crazy stuff that has been happening. I think he's gonna bring. A real, I reckon he'll bring a real belief in them that they reckon, like they think they can win the World Cup. I think that's going to come back. I think they're going to have a dangerous team. Having that as a combination is going to be, I think, it can only be good for them. I, I think. I know it's like, it's uh pretty close to the World Cup, but I think it's going to bring a, a real belief back. Do you think he'll pick guys like Will Skelton, who've carved up for La Rochelle? And one thing is weird on Will Skelton. I played with. Big Scouts when I was at Saracens I managed to put my size 15 boot in his boot that's how big he is and I'm a big human as yeah. you can see but one of the best players and I said he's one of the best imports the Northern Hemisphere has ever had I think he's got to be doesn't he but what, apparently he's not overly well received not by Eddie but by the Australian public believe it or not and people might stone me for this I was actually a Tars fan back in the day mm. um, Waratahs Waratahs uh, I was at the the final they won and all that like and I love I loved Skelton. He was he was unreal. a lot bigger then though, weren't he? Um, I was just young. He was still like he still had a good motor on him. I think he's actually bigger now. Like when I saw him the other day, he's huge. When I saw him after the game when we played him, I could not believe mm. the size of him. The thing with him, I see. I don't know if like see. I I think he suits like French rugby to a T. That you know what I mean. Bit slower. Like yeah, a little like a lot more set piece developed, and like he can carry, and then other stuff can happen, and then just it's just getting him in position to just carry, carry, carry. Like he doesn't have to run around and be in certain positions. It's just if you see him giving the ball, and he'll run, and like he'll make meters for you every time because he's a giant. Mm. Um, depends on what kind of game Eddie wants to bring. It's like like not every game suits everybody. You know what I mean? But so surely, like say yeah. you'd have to pick him for sure. Yeah, I'd say. You'd have to put him in. There's a good few others, like the Arnolds and stuff like that. Mm. Um, Quay Cooper at 10. Yeah, I, look, um, like, I think people were forgetting pretty quick when Quaid was playing. I think they beat France. Mm. And it was still good. Like it was, They didn't have the Toulouse players, but it was still a good enough French team. Like They were playing some good footy and whatnot, and then he's just unlucky to get injured. Um, but like, there's plenty of depth that I think, I reckon Eddie will bring a good few outside players in. Maybe McMahon might be a one to throw in, in there, but he does have such like he does have real good players at his disposal as well. Does he? Because Australian rugby from this part of the world and everything you were hearing was significantly on the way down, and then 
Eddie comes in, you look at some of the players that are playing around the world, and then the talk of bringing bringing the NRL players in as well. Yeah, is that going to happen? It'll be up to Eddie, I guess, if he wants to do that. Like mm. I obviously I have a good few mates that are playing Super Rugby at, at the moment, and the Australian team came over. Like they were, what were they? They were a minute off beating France in France. They were a mall off. Like they they fucked up their mall in the last two minutes against us. Mm. Like they were close. It's like, they got beat by Italy as well. That was a that was that's where everybody yeah yes that was not that like that was a bad loss. Mm. Um, but yeah, that that I think that's what really just made the whole thing seem like shit because they hadn't lost to Italy ever, had they? No, no. I commentated on the game and it was. I mean, Italy were very good, but yeah, you could just see the pressure mounting on yeah. Australia and Dave Rennie. But they seem to be doubling down. So they get Eddie in. I know we're talking about Australia, a lot of Australia, but it's the World Cup, so we can talk about it because you talk wouldn't play. Anybody. Yeah, you wouldn't play them until the semis. No, I think they got a good, they got a... an easy. So no, 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 not at all. <laughs> no do. games, no games in the World Cup's no, easy. They have an easy passage, but we have on that left to get side. through. You know, I think we're getting through three of the top four, aren't we? I yes, think we have to, and. Scotland, who were playing good footy, they mm. showed in the Six Nations, and like we were, we were able to pull a bit of a rabbit out of the hat in, in Murrayfield as well. It's definitely not, it's definitely not an easy run for us at all. No, it's not. And with the pressure going in, as I'm going to call you an outsider, but an outsider from years gone by, do you talk about it in camp? Like, how are you going to approach this World Cup training? No, because actually, when you strip it back, so yep. take the Leinster stuff out, Munster in the URC final. This is going to after the final. I think Munster beat the Stormers. But if you go based on the season as a whole, Ulster haven't been going that well, but you lads have done well at Connacht. Munster, even if they don't win the URC final, have done very well. You take out the two games in the final, you look at the performances over the season for Leinster, they've been unplayable apart from the two finals. And Ireland, like you lads are flying from performance point of view. But the pressures of a World Cup, I know that you've not been, I've played in a couple, but the pressure was to get out of the pool. The pressure wasn't to win yep. the World Cup. And you look at the side of the draw as well, where you've got South Africa, you'll play Scotland. Even Tonga, they're going to be well, look shit at to play. Malachi Fekatoa, yeah. Israel Falau, yeah. Charles Piertau. I mean, they're not it's an easy... It's a pool of death, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. It's going to be a tough pool for whoever. But look, the way I think... We genuinely we haven't talked about the World Cup like it's it's been it was all Six Nations and I think that's how it had to be if we wanted to to win every game there it could be completely different but I think the way we got to look at it is you know you're gonna have to win every game anyway so it's like it shouldn't matter really who you play you're still even though yeah it's it might be a little bit of a hard road to get there you still have to win so to win the World Cup it's the way I kind of look at well, it well that that's the the right way to look at it if you're gonna win the World Cup you're gonna need to be France or New Zealand. Yeah, like you can't tell me. Like I, I obviously the French, uh, the French being at home, like that's a tough game for anybody. But it's like, like in Australia, England, all those teams do really well in World Cup. So it's like, you play them in a quarter final. It's not going to be any easier than playing New Zealand in a quarter final. It's going to like everybody's. I feel really peaks at the World Cup. So mm. it's like, yeah, but the public what, perception is, yeah, oh, like, if you don't yeah. get past a semi, but. To get to that point, yeah, like I think, and you don't need to answer. I think you get past the quarters, you're all in. 
Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Well, it's going to be class. Uh, what do you think it will do to Ireland as a country? You're there. The enormity of a World Cup. Oh, because think... all this, all this thing in Ireland. I interviewed Craig Doyle, and we're talking about the All Ireland. I think that that was the the phrase used when Brian O'Driscoll and Craig Doyle, one Ireland, where he yep. came in and spoke about uniting the country. Yep, yep. If Scotland don't win it, I would love to see Ireland win it. I just can't imagine what it would do for yeah. an amazing country that's so small. Yeah, just uh, I think honestly, go I think there, go there, Matt. The place go there for would me. go ballistic. I, I'd make it a an absolute priority to go to every pub in Ireland if I could. Mm. That's that's how I'd spend my time off. In every city or town, just every pub, every I'll be place, out. just every everyone I could get to. I don't know how many I get to. Just having pints with everybody that I possibly could. Mm. That'd be unreal. I yeah, it'd be um. That's what we've been talking about. Like we want to, you know, we want to do this not only for us but for all of Ireland as well. It'd be it'd be unreal, and you know, I think I think we we can do it for sure. We're, we're that's the attitude we got to have. But yeah, it would be it'd be well, hard hard to put into words. So it'd be a crazy couple of weeks in Ireland. Book your tickets. Yeah, get over there. It'd be a party everywhere you go. But I love that. I love how you are, instead of giving the tech, and that's why you're here, instead of giving the, oh, you know, we'll go game on game and we'll just see. You look, I think, not that you've said this, but I think we should have the ability to be like, yeah, we're going to win it, <laughs> you know, and it's going to be unbelievable when we do it. And to be able to have, and rugby doesn't, again, it's the yeah. apology and trying to not be apologetic for having confidence and being able to say, you know, we are the number one team in the world. Yes, we've got a, a, a hard pull. Yes, we've got a hard side of the draw, but you've got to beat everyone. We've beaten everyone. It's our time. Like this yeah. is our time. Is that what Andy Farrell? It, it, he's just seems like. I mean, oh, he's he's a warrior, right? Let's talk first about, and foremost talk about getting like he could genuinely talk into running into a brick wall. He could still play State of Origin now, couldn't he? If he yeah, lifts up his boots, he is. Oh, I'd say he'd punch through you. Yeah, he wouldn't break your jaw. He'd like knock it clean off. Does he ever lose his shit or not? Because, I mean, um, you ain't, you're not losing that fire. He does, but it's like, you know, if if he's losing his shit at you, with all the coaches, they're losing their shit at you because either you keep doing, like, the wrong thing, so obviously, like, whispering in your ear isn't working, so you need a bit of a, like, fire up your ass. Or, he, like, they're just passionate, so it's like, you know, it's coming from a good place. It's not, they're not trying to embarrass you or make you look like an idiot. Then when I first went in, I found... The way we defend really hard to defend, and Faz would fucking give me a boxing most of the most of the days. And I was at the I was at one point where I was like, oh fuck, like what, like what can I do? Like what am I doing? And then Bundy like kind of put his arm around me. He's like, no, no, like you know, it's a good thing because he cares, obviously. So if you look at it like that, yeah, that's how I try to look at it. Maybe he is just fucking yelling at you for. For no reason, but that's how I look at it. Well, I mean, he picks you, so he obviously likes you. Yeah, because he yeah. rides. So he rides players quite hard. Then he's pretty direct. I mean, because I played with his son Owen. Yeah, and he's pretty direct in terms yeah. of delivery, and and that's not easy as as young men. Sometimes people deal with it differently, and you talk about man management, but telling people directly, some people don't deal with that well. As I said, you know, it's coming from a good place from all the coaches. I've had it from Simon as well, ripping into me a couple of times. That you're just like, yeah, yeah. I understand. Like, you go better. Same with Caddy. With like, you know, we're fucking around or we're not doing what we've what we've been practicing. Um, Paulie, you know, he like he. None of them are afraid to kind of show clips as well. Going like, this is shit. This is good. Where I feel like maybe 
people try to steer away from that and like not throw people under the bus. Like they'll, if you do something shit, they'll, yeah, what are you doing here? Like, mm. why'd you do that? Well, I don't know. And then they go, well, fucking don't do it. Do it properly. Do it properly every time. That's like a lot of the thing that we're, we're into. And um, I don't have much to do with Fogs. No. I'm sure he's a dictator at the scrum time. Yeah. Does he do the line out throwing as well? Yes. Yes, he does. I love you pausing. No idea. That's not my no, He just throws the sticker. He just puts a sticker the sticker for the air. Yeah, that's yeah. it. He's good at it, though. I bet he is. He rarely misses. I don't know if that's good throwing or good pole work. No, he manipulates the pole. Like, good that's with his it. job. He's good with the pole. I saw him in a cafe in Dublin, actually. Big shout out. John Fogarty. That's how you say it, isn't it? Yeah. Fogs. Fogs. Yeah, holding up the pole. And the, the great. King, the king of crack. Fogs. He's got, he's got no crack, or has he? No, no, plenty he of has, crack. Has yep. he? Yeah. Yeah, he's got that kind of, you can see the twinkle in the eye. And Paulie has as well, Paul O'Connell. Paulie. Yeah. Paulie was, this is another shout out to Paulie, sexiest man in maybe rugby, might have been all rugby in like 2013. Who? Paul O'Connell? Yeah. Definitely with the skinhead though. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it wouldn't so, have been when he was that. I'm pretty sure it was 2013. Okay. I don't know where I saw it. that. Somebody- um, Well, that would have been in Limerick where he lives. It's not going to be anywhere <laughs> in the world, is it? No one else is thinking that. Sorry, Paulie. I've brought it up to him a couple of times. I don't. I I really really enjoy Paul O'Connell's company, like a legend of a player, but just a warm, genuine man. I don't have too much to do with Paul. It's like he he takes a bit of breakdown and stuff like that. Um, and this is the same with all the coaches. But like it, he was kind of the least I kind of had to deal with at the start because I did a lot of D and like stuff with with Simon and then Caddy. It was yeah. He's obviously the backs and all that. Um, but then, as you said, like once you get talking to Paul, like he's legend. They all are. Mm. I can't stress that enough. Every all of them are, are good fellas. Yeah, well, um, they're rugby men, aren't they? Deep rooted. Yeah, but yeah, you know when you just don't know how someone's going to be. Mm. But he's no, he's legend. Yeah, I wear my badge of honour. So I played against Munster and went up for a kick off, and put, there was a short kick off, and Paulie went up for it, elbow first, of course, all <laughs> arms and legs, and hit me in the cheekbone, broke my cheekbone. Big old scar. It's my favourite. I'd say you had it coming. Yeah, but I'm happy with that because it's Paul O'Connell. <laughs> yeah. If it was anyone else, I'd be like, I, yeah, I had it coming, but it's the great Paul O'Connell, so I wear it with pride. Might even be sticking out there. That's a good one, actually. Yeah, it's a, a good one, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, brought, I should have had a plate put in, but I was like, no, don't. No, no, please. No, it's Paul O'Connell. I want it caved in. Uh, right, on cosmetic stuff, let's talk a bit about tattoos because there is an IOU. There is. And I, I will get. I might come over to Connor and get it before the world. I, That'd not, be great. I'm def, I was going to try and get. We haven't got time today, and I'm yep. not, I'm not yep. shying away from that. We just haven't. No, 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 it's all, right. all been a bit of a. As I said, I still need my Andy Farrell tattoo as well, so we'll we'll lock it in. So let's for the listeners then. Let's nail this down. I'll go first. So I'm getting a tattoo of Big Mac with a K because we had a bet on during the rugby pod before the Six Nations. I said Scotland would beat Ireland. Yep. You said Ireland obviously would beat Scotland, and the loser. Had to get the other person's name. So yep. Jeopardy was high, and I'm getting Big Mac. I know where I'm getting it, on my forearm, next to my Arabic tattoo. That's I thought you were going to say your kids' names or something. No, no, I'll get it on my hand. No, I'm going to get it in there, next to the Arabic tattoo that's meant to say James, but it t- turns out it says Samaj. I found out when Samaj. I was Samaj? Samaj, which is James backwards, because that's how they write Arabic. I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> so you'll go in there, and you're going to get Andy... Farrell, definitely or not? You can't. No, I have to. I I'm it's going to be after the World Cup now or not? No, no, I'll I'll get it done soon. I, I'd say. Should we do it? in do they have a place in Connor? Do they tattoo yeah, people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got um I get a good few of my tattoos. Galway tattoo. Um, I got my my first 
face at Galway Bay tattoo. Um, there's a good few places around actually, but the guy, yeah, the guy that does my tattoos at moments, he's great. Is he in Connor? Is he? Yeah. Let's. Uh, um, Lucky Lynch is his Instagram. Give him a give him a look up. What's he called? Lucky Lynch is his. Lucky Lynch. Yeah, that's his Instagram. All right, I'll check him out. Well, we're coming. I'm telling you now, it's happening, and we'll, we'll video yeah. it. And maybe I can do Andy Farrell's. You can do. Yeah. Your yeah, name. I've got the picture ready for it as well. Have you? It's the it one ha- photo I have of him smiling. Never. Yeah. Do, well, don't show me. No. I'll, I'll say, where are you getting it done? Um, probably going to get it on my bum, to be honest. <laughs> is that bad? No. No, I don't think so. It's the best place for it. Yeah. And th- that is off the back of a successful Six Nations Grand Slam, right? Yeah. I, I said it as a bit of a passing comment. Like, Johnny kind of brought it up. I was like, would you get a tattoo of Kennedy if we win the Grand Slam? I was like, yeah. Yeah, of course. A couple of weeks go by, I didn't really think of it at all. And then as the, as we got closer and closer to it, uh, I was kind of hoping people might forget. Not hoping. I was just thinking maybe they'd forget, but no, no one forgot. Bundy's constantly bringing it up. Yeah, I bet he is. He's making sure I'm getting it. I think it would be a good morale booster as well if mm. I follow through with it. Well, and if your shorts and pants get ripped off in a game, like it's going viral with that. Like what, well, I don't know if they can do it. Having him smiling back at you. Yeah. But I don't know whether in 2023 they'll make something out of that anymore. Oh, maybe. If yeah. it's a good job. Yeah. If you got it done in the middle, so the smile was actually, <laughs> you had to open your bum cheeks just to see the smile. Oh, I don't know if I could endure that. That's commitment, though. We'll make that happen. So I'm coming over to Connacht. I promise you, I'm not just saying that because you're on here. I'm no, coming we'll over. Flying to Shannon. Is it Shannon? Yeah. I'll Shannon. come pick you up. Please. Yeah, the buses are a bit of a nightmare. Yeah, I could imagine. It ends up taking you the same amount of time as if you're flying to Dublin. Apparently you can get a direct one, but I've I've flown in from Shannon and tried to get a bus a good few times, and they stop at every town, everyone I've been on. Really? I've even asked, is this the direct one? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. No. That's the way to do it. I might do it that way. That's the way to do it. Yeah. It is very rural in Ireland. Yeah, no, it's it's a lovely bus trip, but yeah, it's, you know. How long is it from the airport? I reckon it'd end up taking like two and a bit hours. Oh, yeah, t- time is finite me, at the minute for took me. took me 50 minutes to get there from Galway today. To that's, com- that's commitment, to come to the studio. I was hooning, I was hooning there. Yeah. Actually, no, I wasn't. I, to my sponsor cast, I wasn't hooning. Bundiaki can hoon, can't he? Cause he's he, can do, the king. he can do whatever he wants. Is he the king of Connor, is he? The king. The king. Is the, what's above a king? The lord. There is. Yeah, you could say the lord of the manor. King's it, pretty good. Whatever. I don't yeah. know what they have in Ireland. He's the king. The king of uh, of Galway for sure. Everybody loves Bundy. Well, you win the World Cup, Big Mac. You can do what you want there. That would be something else. Hey, Will. Uh, Mac Hansen, pleasure. Thank you for coming over. Thank you for... Uh, oh, it's we, been great. we almost forgot. Got you a lovely... What is it? Red Breast whiskey. Red, red, thank you very much. No it's a little, little Irish whiskey. Oh, yeah. Red Breast. Yeah. Is, have you ever heard of it? Still, I haven't. It's it's a good whiskey. Is it's it? um. It's the cheapest of the lot, I'll, I won't lie to you, but um, it's still You shouldn't have said that good. it looks expensive. It looks expensive. That's the, it is, um, no, it's lovely, um, it's a lovely whiskey. What do they call it? I'm just starting to get into whiskey. Yeah, I mean, it's a great market to be in. I mean, it is an acquired taste. I don't know too much about it yet, so don't ask me, like, any questions, um, but I've tried that one before and it's nice. Red breast, single pot still. It, it never sells you on the label, by the way. Mm. This is the bit that gets me. Aged. 12 years yep. of toasted oak and sherry undertones. What were you doing 12 years ago? Not drinking whiskey. <laughs> Not dr- but thinking about whiskey, thinking yeah. if I ever drink thinking it. Thinking of buying a barrel. Of course. Look yep. at this. Red, thank you very much. It's normally I should be handing out gifts, but 
I will have that by the fire when I get home this evening. Thank you very much, Mike Hansen. Thank you. Thanks Absolute for having pleasure. me. pleasure. Thank you, brother. Thanks, Ben. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.